Welcome to GenCast, a sponsored podcast series brought to you by Genetic Engineering and Biotechnology News. I'm your host, Jeff Bukaliskis. The demand for safe and efficacious biologics has accelerated exponentially in the past several years due to the tremendous success of some of the initial therapeutic offerings in this space. Yet along with this increased demand comes the need for innovative solutions to improve downstream production workflows. Eliminating purification bottlenecks and improving overall yields from chromatography steps can have a significant impact on the cost of the final product. Now, in this second episode of GenCast with Executive Vice President of Biopharma Production at Avantour, Dr. Jared Brophy, we dive into some of the challenges that biomanufacturers face during downstream purification and how addressing the traditional thinking surrounding chromatography resins and buffers can be extremely advantageous and immensely cost-effective. Now, keep listening if you want to hear some innovative ideas to improve downstream purification processes. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of GenCast. I'm pleased to welcome back Dr. Jared Brophy, the Executive Vice President of Biopharma Production at Avantour. Nice to be chatting with you again, Jared. Thanks, Jeff. Looking forward to being here. So, Jared, in our last podcast, we discussed some of the precautions and improvements for cell and gene therapies and how manufacturers can address many of those challenges. So make sure you check that out if anyone in the audience hasn't listened to that one yet. But in this episode, we're going to stay in the realm of biomanufacturing, but switch gears a little bit and address an area that is very familiar to many members of the gen audience and an integral part of the bioprocessing workflows. And I'm talking about downstream purification um, with a specific focus today on chromatography and the resins utilized during that process. So let's start off with a kind of basic but important question. Why is it vital to develop improved downstream purification processes? Thanks, Jeff. Well, I'll start with the, some general comments about the market and why that leads to the requirement for these improvements. Um, you know, the global clinical pipeline across multiple therapeutic areas and categories continues to increase. The power of biopharmaceuticals and in particular monoclonals continue to be felt across the whole clinical area. And even within that, we're seeing an increased diversity of antibody and antibody type drugs coming through. Bispecifics, multispecifics, fab fragments, FC fusion proteins, antibody drug conjugates. Each of these has some unique requirements. Each of these is, some of these are, are nascent technologies and, and will require improvements in downstream process. And in general, you know, we have to be aware of cost and availability, especially with things like biosimilars. Biologics manufacturers are investigating ways to address, you know, productivity, efficiency, and downstream production and bioprocessing is, is an area that's getting a significant amount of attention. We feel that downstream production currently encompasses about 60% of the total efforts of producing a biologic drug. So this is clearly an area to focus on and finding ways to remove bottlenecks to improve yields and downstream production could lead to more cost-effective results. Great. So that's a great way to start off. So I guess to sort of jump onto that question as well, too, what do you see as some of the significant challenges in downstream biopharmaceutical purification? One of the challenges has been occasioned by improvements in upstream. So over the last number of years, there have been fantastic improvements in upstream productivity. Uh, uh, titer and yield of drug per liter of fermentation media has increased from 
milligrams and hundreds of milligrams per liter to, you know, an industry standard now of maybe about four to six grams per liter. And even, you know, in, in some circumstances and settings, even higher than that. And there's been significant investments in new technologies, optimized processes, improved material and fermentation material characterization, and they've given, given rise to those dramatic yields. But downstream processes have not kept pace. So, so they're potentially bottlenecks to even enjoying the fruits of those improvements in the upstream space. You know, there's all kinds of areas that could be focused on larger scales, chromatographic systems, but you know that may not be the best place. Just making things bigger may not be the right way of going around this. There's a growing sense that productivity improvements, efficiency improvements need to take place now in the downstream space in the same way they have in upstream. And you know, we, we know that material is lost. Um, there are a number of steps in downstream. And every time you get a new step, a new process, you're going to see a yield reduction through those processes. So again, it's felt that maybe up to 30% of material is lost as the harvest goes through from the you know, steps that, that, that occur at the end of upstream right before you know, the drug substance is put together. So, you know, and, and part of that is the complexity. We know there, as I said, there are many more process steps from centrifugation to filtration to you know, perhaps a number of different chromatographic steps. Each step requires unique sets of resins and buffers and other materials, as well as storage and production systems. So it is felt that this is a space that is uh, it's ripe to look at, and we should see some improvements coming through in the short and medium term. Great. Thanks for that, Jer. And so I think, you know, kind of getting to our next questions, the gen audience, you know, something we've written about a lot and something they've asked us about a lot is always about chromatography and really chromatography resins. So my next question really is, you know, how do you see chromatography resins and technologies helping to address a lot of these challenges? I think, I think maybe I'll touch base on, on four areas. One is obvious, and I'll spend some time on that in the, maybe the, the latter part of the podcast. You know, there's an opportunity to expand the use of mixed-mode and multi-mode chromatography resins with increasing selectivity. The second I want to touch on is just form factor. You know, we in Avantor have put a lot of efforts now into improving and understanding the workflows and understanding that customers want to access not alone chromatography resins, but the process chemicals, buffers, and concentrates that are required in the mobile phase to, to drive the molecule through the process. So we focused a lot on things like direct dispense exact weight so customers get exactly what they need, but increasingly also in terms of buffer solutions and concentrates in single-use formats, which can immediately be plugged into the workflow with uh, increasing efficiency. The third area I want to touch is, is you know, ways of making chromatographic buffers more effective using additives. So, you know, it's not just simple, perhaps the, the sole solutions that are required, but an increasing body of work has focused on how we can use specific additives to improve productivity through the process. And last, the obvious opportunity to expand the use of data analysis tools to develop deeper insight into the complex material interactions that happen in these spaces and even maybe to contemplate things like chromatographic digital twins. 
Great. Thanks, Jerry. And so you, you touched on uh, something here called, you know, mixed mode resins and being a former protein purification guy myself uh, many moons ago, um, that kind of something that interested me. And so maybe you could tell me a little bit more about how expanding the use of mixed mode and multi-mode chromatography uh, will improve purification and and help address uh, things like cost facts. Yeah. So, Partly, again, it's driven by opportunity. Biological drugs are becoming more diverse, more complex molecular structures. But we want to produce the precisely targeted drug. And obviously, biological systems can also yield byproducts that could be closely related chemically or biologically to the target molecule. And, and they have you know, less or no therapeutic value. So we need to discriminate between those, those elements. And the traditional solution is to utilize affinity chromatography like protein A or, or protein L or equivalent, followed by multiple downstream ion exchanges. And that yields a targeted drug, but it does drive inefficiencies, it does drive yield losses, and the cost per gram of this approach is something that people want to look at very carefully. So we can, and we will, and we are looking at you know improved ligands for affinity chromatography, but mixed mode chromatography are based on ligands that offer two or more interaction possibilities with the targeted drug molecule. So, you know, this approach has already been proven to be effective and more productive in applications based on things like differential salt-induced hydrophobicity. So, again, the ability to modulate the mobile phase of a chromatographic step to affect the specificity and the affinity of the binding interactions that are being used. So, the advantage of mixed mode really is that the same media can be used for different purification steps modified by the solution conditions. So, the same, when I say the same media, I mean the same chromatographic media, the same resin, and then you modulate the mobile phase. Uh, so, therefore, you can use multiple buffers or multiple elution steps to achieve what you want to achieve. There's even greater opportunity to, to achieve efficiencies and improved yields. So, rather than requiring multiple chromatographic purification steps, perhaps multiple columns, the simultaneous interaction will make it possible to separate very closely related proteins in a single step. And again, these process improvements should uh, drive benefits in yield improvements and ultimately cost and productivity. So we have seen studies showing that multimode or mixed mode ligand with multiple interactions has the potential to boost chromatographic yields while merging two process steps and that the time and the costs associated with each step, ultimately the efficiency is going to give rise to an improvement in, in cost per gram. Yeah, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. And, I, you know, getting into this now, talking about the resins, I, I think while we know the advantage of the of using the proper resin, you know, really makes a big difference. I don't think we can talk about resins without talking about buffers as well. Exactly. So uh, my next question would be, you know, given the advantages offered by these, you know, two chromatic uh, chromatography modes, uh, what further purification advantages are offered by a more sophisticated approach to buffers? Now, you're exactly right. I, I often reflect, you know, when we have to draw out, say, a workflow, and you've seen these in the, in the you know, very stylized cartoons of filtration uh, col uh, equipment and, and chromatographic columns and centrifuges and single-use bioreactors and others, you know, it's not as obvious that, of course, you have got complex, sophisticated, and expensive chemicals flowing through these in the form of buffers. So you're absolutely right. You know, this this, this is the handshake that occurs between the mobile phase and, and, and the, the resin itself. So we believe that optimizing the resin chemistry presents a significant opportunity to, to optimize and improve the buffer conditions as well. And traditionally, they've been very targeted, 
one type of buffer will target a type of pH and then a different buffer is used to target a different zone. But we see a move toward more universal buffers that can be used in multiple process steps. Obviously, it's not possible to reuse the buffer, but having to acquire, store, and manage fewer buffers obviously can reduce complexity and help control costs. And again, you reflect back on the second area I, I, I talked about, you know, the, the ability now to provide pre-qualified QC controlled buffers and concentrates in single use uh, formats that can immediately plug into that kind of workflow. We also see a, a big focus on additives to improve impurity clearance and packed column clearing and shelf life. And one such method that we're exploring is using a select range of additives in the media to improve the retention and selectivity of proteins as they move through. And in particular, modulating the hydrophobic interaction and improving separation efficiency. So we see a lot of opportunity there in addition to that whole uh, area of, of buffer packaging. So, you know, the buffer on demand process and the inclusion of these types of additives, we think is going to play a significant and not immediately obvious role, but a significant role in improving the cost efficiency and ultimately the cost program of these types of steps. Great. Thanks for addressing that, Jerry. I think, like you said, I think it's a pretty important point. Now, I want to switch uh, gears just for a second. So, you, you know, you also mentioned improved data analytics on how they can improve how resins are optimized in downstream applications. Um, how can these digital tools provide better purification? I think it's a great question. And we're in the you know area where you can start, and people are talking about Biopharma 4.0. So, you know, the, the, it's commonly said the process is the product in biopharmaceuticals, and implicit in that is that the process is completely characterized, but we know in our hearts that's not entirely true. Otherwise, we wouldn't have yield variations and we wouldn't have batch failures. So implicit in that is that there are variables that we need to understand if those variables are significant, and we need to understand what the effect on the processes are. So the biopharma industry is making significant investments to improve its use of data, and much of the focus is on the use of process data to optimize a process, to understand where perhaps a failure may have occurred or a yield improvement may have occurred, or even how you know cloning of a process can be used to set up a, a parallel type process. Um, and there's a lot of work uh, going on in that at the moment. There are opportunities to use deep analytical tools more precisely, um, upstream and downstream. Biology is complex, but nonetheless, we can start considering and contemplating things like digital twins, which will model how a unit operation in the, in the process can occur. And chromatography, I think, can lend itself quite well to this. The basics, physics, biophysics, and biochemistry are, are pretty well characterized and well understood. But raw material variability can present issues uh, impacting efficiencies, and you know this can cause investigations and, and delays. And you know so those raw materials... Uh, also need to be characterized. We need to understand the significance of any variation, even even variations within the C of A, the electronic C of A's, uh, with regard to uh, input variables or upstream variables, even in their manufacture. So I guess what I'm saying is, even though something can pass specifications, are there other signposts or other variables within that material that we can use to characterize and improve where the process goes? So we see the use of manufacturing and process data, stability data, C of A data, all of these giving us valuable ways to address these variability issues, the internal variability issues. And again, as before, we would expect these things to play out in terms of process improvements. So, you know, these how, how could this play out in practice? I see very close interactions between 
manufacturing partners, customers, and and you know material providers like ourselves, like Avantor, to assess the total impact of these optimization steps to provide data both in terms of input data and output data to establish any correlation significance of any variability, and then to work together to understand how perhaps tightening specifications or even understanding what kind of um, Im- improvement processes or even uh, relief processes that could be put in place to augment perhaps uh, variability in one of the upstream uh, materials coming through. And those types of interactions are already happening. We're engaging with our customers on some of those Output um, output results and understanding how any of the input variables can contribute to that. And do you see any other, you know, biopharmaceutical production processes that would particularly benefit from more advanced targeted chromatography resins? I think the affinity chromatography is is still, you know, an, an enormous um, beast in the whole downstream space, and it's a significant source of cost. So we can never take our eye off affinity and, and we have seen advances and, and differences as i mentioned in, in in antibody and antibody type fragments and other uh moieties that will require a different approach toward affinity chromatography so you know protein a has been the the the, the, the method of choice and has been the go-to capture step for the purification of mabs but it's also i'd say one of those biggest costs and um you know as i implied during the mixed mode and the multi-mode the opportunity to focus on the mobile phase, the use of select additives can improve um, the efficiency through the processes and having a holistic view to that process is going to be important. But we also see the need for the ongoing development of new ligands as well. Um, you know, protein L is, is, is looming very strongly. Uh, are there different uh, presentations of protein A that may be more impactful in in fragments in adcs and others and it's an area that we're looking at pretty pretty closely and through the last question i have kind of you know again plays off uh, some of the things you were just talking about um so in addition to that do you see any other opportunities to improve downstream purification through advances in you know chromatography resins or and or related technologies I think it's good to take a holistic view um, on of what people are trying to achieve. One of the areas that people have wanted to really focus on for the longest time are, are the potential for for impurities, even things like host cell protein, but as importantly, you know, viruses that might come through from protein production during cell culture prior to the protein capture step. And, and we've looked in particular uh, making a virtue out of a necessity as as some of the previous detergents have been used or are now less available through things like uh, the, the the REACH legislation in Europe, looking at new detergent formulations and presentations that can be used, um, you know, even upstream of the chromatography step to to reduce and to, to inactivate viruses, taking it down by a number of logs, so that the flow through and the considerations at different steps through the downstream processing can be considered differently. So what we've, we've found is, you know, by maybe reordering or re-examining how we're looking at the requirements and maybe looking at the changes in the workflow, we can see a significant improvement then in overall process efficiency by being able to use some of those additives upstream of where they would normally be considered. 
Well, Jared, that's all the questions that I have. And as always, it's a great pleasure to speak with you about this. Uh, Thanks so much again for your insights. Uh, This is a topic, obviously, that is very near and dear to many in the Gen audience. So your experience here is really most welcome. Um, They always like to hear the inside information and and learn what's news coming up. So uh, thanks again for joining us at this GenCast, and we look forward to uh, another GenCast podcast coming up in the near future. So everyone stay tuned for that. And if you didn't listen to the first one, make sure you go back and take a listen. Thanks, Jeff. It was a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for listening to GenCast. For genetic engineering and biotechnology news, I'm Jeff Lewiskus.